Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Opinion Line, Corks 96 FM. Uh, Patricia Carney, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. This has been a long-standing argument since the very start of this. Um, I think it was Jerry Killeen brought it up first on this program, and then Anthony Staines mm-hmm. followed him up. And, and others ag- disagree fundamentally whether you could do it or not. You believe the science is there, we could and we should. Yeah, absolutely, PJ. I think one of the things um, and the evidence for this is clearly um, being established now that the the science is clear on this. We've seen that it can be done. It's been done, as you say, in New Zealand, in Australia and a number of other countries. And so I suppose the question then is what's stopping us from doing it here and, and why are we hearing this message that it's unrealistic? Um, and I suppose what I'm asking is that we have a kind of an open conversation or, so, you know, a national dialogue around this and really figure out what are the barriers and, um, you know, clearly it won't, it's not an easy option and I know you've spoken to Niall Conroy and the huge work that had to be undertaken in Australia to, to achieve elimination there, but that we could at least start the discussions, I suppose, and see is this something that, that would be technically feasible here in Ireland. Like at the moment we're in level five now, it's tough, uh, it's mm-hmm. very difficult for business, we've had ISME, I spoke to Neil McDonald from ISME this morning calling on the government to have some strategy in place for when we do come out of level five, because he makes a very, and it is a very valid point, we can't keep yo-yoing in and out of mm-hmm. lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, I think we're saying basically the same thing. And so, as you know, I'm a member of the Independent Scientific Advocacy Group, and we're coming from different perspectives, from public health, economics, social sciences, humanities. And we're what we're saying really, I suppose, is there is another way. And uh, we have heard from the political leadership that it's that it's unrealistic um, and I suppose what I want I'm encouraging people who are listening to, to ask um, is well, how, how realistic is it to continue to live the way we are at the moment um, and can we really see what are the barriers to taking an elimination strategy in Ireland, what are the difficult decisions that we would need to make um, and you know what's preventing us from doing that the first thing that will be put up is the border issue, the northern mm-hmm. border. We've two we've two jurisdictions on the one island. You couldn't possibly do that. Yeah, so I suppose, um, like any of these things, what we thought might have been impossible in the past changes as our world has changed. We now have county level borders um, that are in place. And we know that the restrictions that are in place in the north and the south are different at the moment. Um, and we do have uh, those borders are being policed at present. And 
absolutely I recognise that that's problematic um, but I think there is the potential to take um, uh, an all-island approach and we've seen that work in the past with public health issues like foot and mouth um, so again it's it's difficult um, and I'm not in any way trying to minimise the, mm. the challenge of that but uh, there's a difference between I suppose difficult and impossible. Would you be suggesting for example Patricia that we now stay at the equivalent of level 5 through Christmas into 2021 and only ease out of it as we get close to elimination. Is that what you're suggesting? So I think we really need to look at the restrictions that are in place and we can see that they are good at bringing the numbers down. I think what's what's worked very well this time is that we've been able to keep schools open. Um, and, you know, I think the the level we need to get, I suppose, more nuanced in terms of understanding what behaviours are really important in terms of preventing transmission and, and what things c- can be continued. Um, but yes, we do definitely need to, you know, there's no point I'm talking about, we're talking about elimination, but at the moment we still have a lot of community transmission mm. and we need to get that under control first. And that's and kind of the purpose of lockdown, mm-hmm. isn't it? It gets exactly. that under, as David Navarro says in the World Health Organization, it, it'll get your breathing space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we need to plan what's ahead, I suppose. One of my concerns, and I'm sure we're all going to feel this way, and we're already starting to feel that the way that you know we would like the restrictions to to lift. Um, but I suppose the question is to what end, and that's why we need real political leadership here to guide us towards an objective whereby we actually could be back to living our, our lives. I know you were talking there about you know people in Australia, and New Zealand going to, to to sports matches, enjoying cultural events, you know, being out and about, meeting their family and friends. Um, mm. And I think that's what we want to aim for in 2021, not to be back here again. Did we come out of it too fast the first time? Remember, we we had it and we we almost had the numbers licked back Mm -hmm. in June, late June, say we only had a handful of daily cases. And Leo Varadkar, when he was Taoiseach, accelerated, and I presume he talked to Nevid about this, accelerated the reopening. Did, did, Did we get overexcited in the summer? So I certainly think if we had continued for a little bit longer, um, we could have, uh, you know, really gotten the numbers down essentially to zero. We would have then also had to tackle the issue of importing cases. So, you know, we need to get rid of community transmission and then we need to stop the inflow of cases. And I think, again, that's something that we need to have an open conversation about. And we know that uh, Irish people like to travel and we like people coming here and we need to, to think about are we open to the idea of mandatory quarantine and actually implementing that mm. uh, because there's no point in us getting rid of all the cases in Ireland if we're continuing then to import cases from elsewhere. I spoke to Dr Paul O'Brien uh, in Shanghai last mm-hmm. week. He's a doctor from Cork and he's he's got his, he's married out there but himself and his wife are both in separate hotels. He said it's mm-hmm. hard. There's no, no lying yeah. It is hard but Coming out of it, the the, the reward is normal life. Our own mm-hmm. Sonia O'Sullivan, our Olympic silver medalist, is in a quarantine hotel, I believe, in Melbourne at the moment, waiting to see her family and her dogs again. It's hard, but the reward is normal life. Can we? Could we do that here, Patricia? Do you think we'd have the stomach for it? So that's. I think they're the kind of questions, PJ, that we need to have, and. Um, I think, you know, in terms of the hospitality industry, which has taken a huge hit, and we know that in Australia, you know, that's, it was hotels that were able to come forward and be used as facilities where people were in their isolation. Um, and so, you know, we have that capacity there. Um, and that's, I suppose I would feel that's 
not for me to answer, but it's for people who are listening and think about weighing things up. Um, I think potentially the rewards are worth it. Mm. Testing before and after one travels, like we hear from the aviation industry, the tourism industry, and in fairness, they're bunched now after a very hard year. And the prospect of facing in to 2021 and, and another dead summer it fills them with dread. Should, can we look at, realistically, compulsory testing, pre-flight, quick testing, quick turning around so that you can only fly if you have a certificate that you're clear? Is that doable? So I think in terms of the travel, what I would be arguing is that it would be a lot more strategic for the airline industry to try and lobby across Europe to go for elimination. And then we could have these travel corridors uh, between different countries in Europe that have had achieved elimination. And that's what we're seeing is going to be happening in Australia and New Zealand, and um, that they're going to be able to travel between places. And um, I think that's a much more viable option than the testing you know testing isn't my area of expertise mm. but i don't think it's reliable enough at present and we know that you know people will have heard about false positives false negatives depending on where the person is in the incubation of the disease and uh, they may test negative but it's because they haven't and um, you know yet uh, it's kind of too early on yeah. and and so you are kind of exposing I think if we're going to make those really difficult decisions and make those sacrifices to get to elimination, then we really need to, to do so um, in a robust way. As we look around Europe, and we, it's tough enough here at the moment, but as we, as we look around Europe and still geographically at least looking at the UK, they're about to go back into another harsh lockdown. Spain have curfews, France have curfews, even Germany is tightening up, Italy is in trouble again, Belgium is in dire trouble again. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the prospect of trying to coordinate everybody into one effort to eliminate, it seems almost too big to contemplate. Well, I think, you know, the reality is that all of these places are facing restrictions to try and get community transmission under control. Um, and that's the first step that's 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 going to be required. Um, and that, as you said, you know, that gives us a window of time to think, OK, what's the end goal to here? You know, are we going to have real political leadership? I think it would be wonderful to see uh, Ireland taking a lead on this. We've seen in the past um, in Ireland in terms of public health, going back as far as the smoking ban, where you know it was sort of considered absolutely um, unthinkable that Ireland would, would mm-hmm. lead in something like a smoking ban, and yet we did it. And so I think there is an opportunity in Europe for us to say we can do it. We have some uh, geographic advantages in being an island and just being that bit further separate from mainland Europe. Um, but I, you know, again, absolutely this isn't easy and it's not going to be easy to achieve across Europe, but the kind of catastrophic images that we're seeing from, from ICUs and, you know, the, the potential that healthcare systems across Europe are on the verge of collapse um, is, is sort of extraordinary and we, we have to find another way. How long, and I know how long is a piece of string is the the very nature of the question, but how long do you think if the EU, say for example the European Commission, decided tomorrow that this is going to be policy, we're going to go for elimination across all of the member states and do whatever it takes to get to the situation where Australia now finds itself. How long do yourself and your colleagues think that might take? Um, so, as you say, it's really difficult to, to put a timeline on it because, of course, it also depends how rigidly people adhere to the restrictions. 
and uh, we know that it takes it sort of takes as long to get from 100 to 10 cases as it does say from 10 to 1 and i think that's it's that second window of time that people start to get um impatient and you know i think at the moment when the case numbers are so high and um, it's easier to have the restrictions implemented and um, i suppose i would say the longer we wait the longer that it's going to take. Um, so at least here in Ireland, we've already seen that the numbers are starting to stabilise and at least we're going in the right direction. Mm. Um, but, you know, you are talking about into, into next year. Yeah. Like if, we, if we did really well out of this five weeks or six weeks, mm. is that then the time to start talking to the hotels in the airport, start talking between the north and the south and say, right, boys, we're, on a, we're, 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 we've, we're off the starting line here now. Let's let's go and let's go for it. Let's just go for it. Yeah, well, I I think we need to start that conversation now. Question yes. for you from Morris. Uh, with respect, it's not about the science; it's about the people. People mm-hmm. in Asia seem to have a better presence of mind and live in the now, so they see the danger and they can make the link between their actions and the spreading infections. For the record, I wish we had a population like that. We've been better than other countries, but would we be good enough to do this? Could we get ourselves to behave, act as a team, as it were? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting, and I've done um, some work looking at this in terms of uh, adherence to uh, or uptake of the travel restrictions, um, and there was really very high levels of, of, of uptake. You know, so people, when we, when we were asked to stay at home, we stayed at home. And, and that was true for older people and younger people, and um, for men and for women, and um, you know, in, 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 in different uh, counties across the country. And so we have data on this. And, and so I would say that that we are able for the task. And um, but what we really need now is clear leadership, um, and 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 to make it clear what our what our end game is here. What's the goal, and uh, that we can work together towards. And the other thing I would say is that we need to put the right supports in place. So if we're asking people to isolate or to restrict their movements, that we need to be sure that they are in a social, financial position yeah. to be able to do so. That, um, that they don't suffer, the sort of they don't lose a job, exactly. they don't get in trouble yeah. with, a, with a difficult boss because they've got to, exactly. to isolate. You've raised the idea yeah. about a people's convention. Now, we've done this a couple of times in this country with, with some, some level of success. You've raised mm-hmm. the idea of a new people's convention on dealing with COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just think it's really important that... Um, we have a kind of an open conversation about this. Um, and I think there's been a danger that, you know, different experts have been coming on and it ends up kind of polarizing the conversation mm. potentially a little bit. Um, and so I think maybe a different approach is needed now where we can say, okay, this is, this is what we've tried to do. This is what we've tried to achieve. Um, you know, we've already, I think one of the things that's important to remember is that this is a new disease and we are learning all the time. Um, and now we do have examples of where, um, you know, it has worked in somewhere like Australia, which I think, you know, a lot of Irish people that will have lived or travelled there, have relatives there, mm. understand that it also has some of the complex issues that we face in Ireland in terms of along land borders. You know, so one of the things that maybe not all the listeners will be aware is that different restrictions were in place um, in different parts of Australia. And I'm sure Niall would have spoken to you about that. And, you know, in some ways that's more similar to our border issue. Um, And again, you know, he would have made it clear that that wasn't easy. It was difficult to implement. Um, But, you know, there, that's, I think, what we need to be open to. And I suppose the other thing is to think about civil liberties um, and, you know, things like mandatory quarantine. Obviously, that does raise important 
questions about our society. Um, but I think, you know, no no one person has all the answers to these questions. And that's mm. why I think it would be helpful to have a kind of a, a more uh, open uh, approach to this. So we would come together, presumably on Zoom this time out, Yes, and, and, yeah. and have a convention and vote on things and then maybe legislate according to what comes out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think there needs to be clear political leadership on this as well. But, you know, to guess, you know, I think there's a danger sometimes that it's the, the loudest voices that are heard. And we know that it, uh, the vast majority of people um, actually in the, uh, the the sort of surveys are happy to adhere to the restrictions um, and, and, and do want a better way. And actually, you know, don't want to continue to live uh, their lives like this indefinitely. Mm. Is there a certain fear in the government, do you think, of of annoying the the civil libertarians and that they're afraid to go down a particular road because the civil libertarians will be up in arms. Um, I just don't know, but I suppose if that is one of the concerns, then a great way to address that is to to take an approach where we really are um, hearing the different different voices and getting a sense of, of what people in Ireland really want. Okay, listen, we hope that sometime soon uh, we won't. We, we will be looking back and saying we did it. This is the turning point. I think this could be the turning point, yeah. Okay, all right, listen, good to talk Thanks to you. Much. Thank, okay. you, thank, thank you. Thank you very you. much. That's uh, from UCC, see the Professor of Epidemiology, Professor Patricia Carney. Corks 96 FM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.